0: Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Joining us for the Culture Club, we have, well, how do I describe Keith Barry? He's a hypnotist, he's a magician, he's a mentalist, he is a TV personality. Have I got that right?
1: Yeah, I think so. A scientist, <laughs> I'm a scientist as well. But look, I think the umbrella term that people tend to use now is brain hacker, which kind of encompasses everything I do, I suppose, you know.
0: Brain hacker. And you have a new show coming called Mind Games, which is going to be on in the Olympia on the 13th of May. So... How many shows have you done to date?
1: So I've done about 12 Mind Games shows and I've just two left to do as well. A few days after the Olympia, I'm also up in the Black Box in Galway as well. They're the final two of the Mind Games run.
0: But what I mean is Mind Games is a show but you've done previous shows with different things in them. You've had to devise how many different types of shows Uh, are there? So I
1: haven't counted them, but you know, in my head, I've been touring since I am uh, 23. So that's 23 years now. So I'm going to guess that I've done 20 tours in total. 20 different shows. So every single show is completely different than not just last year's show, but every previous show I've ever done.
0: How do you do that? How do you keep it fresh?
1: Yeah, so I have records of the shows, so I glance over the shows real quick and I go well, I can't do that, I can't do this and I can't do that and then I always come up with the theme first and then backtrack the material out of the theme. So, uh, coming out of uh, all the lockdowns, I came up with a show called Reconnected. So that was all about reconnecting people physically, emotionally, spiritually so I got people in the audience for the first time ever to read each other's minds. So that was kind of really interesting. I'd never explored that before. So in the Mind Games show, uh, which is the current one, I I, uh, basically researched different games uh, to begin with. And that just gives me um, kind of a... a, Give me an example. So uh, like a good example is lie detection, right? So uh, I, I researched just lie detection in and of itself. and I thought, is there a game that I can play with four audience members under a lie detection theme and then I just kind of explore that Uh, another game that I do play every night in mind games is involving a sceptic so I encourage sceptics to come to the show because I know how they think Matt see sceptics are actually far easier to read in some senses than the general public because I I know how they think they think I'm wearing earpieces so I get them up and get them to (laughs) shine a torch in my ear to make sure there's no earpieces then they might think I'm using some kind of hidden electronic equipment so then it gets really fun because I get them to frisk me right much like I'm in the airport and then i I get them to do this, this, this. So I get through, I go through all the things I know they're thinking. So the only place for them to go is, okay, must be really inside my head. So as part of that, um, I thought, look, what's a good game? So I was thinking of Monopoly, right? So I play Monopoly, but we play Cheater's Edition in our house. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it, it descends into chaos when you do that. I thing. thought every edition of Monopoly was there for cheats. Oh, no, no, but this is like you're robbing each other's money and you're escaping out of jail. It's a whole thing, right?
0: It sounds uh, like the way my wife plays. <laughs> is, it? is that the yes. way you play it
1: anyway? It is. <laughs> but anyway, it's the thing. And then I was thinking, okay, here's what I'll do. So I have this routine in mind games where uh, I ask a skeptic to beat the brain hacker, is what I call it. So if they can get the beat the brain hacker, there's up to 50. Fifteen thousand euros up for grabs every night, and and people have won cash along the way. So up to I think uh, one night I gave away twelve hundred euros um, because as part of it the the skeptic won. So I quite like that because people go well it must be real and it is. Um, so I play a game uh, on that basis. So it's it's uh, based upon games people play and you know even knots uh, and crosses and things like that. But then I uh, always want to inject a lot of comedy into my performances as well. The
0: people who go to your shows, do you think do they want to be called upon to to the stage, or have you ever had people who just in the audience just, I am not coming up, I'm not doing this?
1: Great question. It's mixed bag, complete mixed bag. So some people really, really want to get on stage. They're the people who jump up and go me, 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 and they're the people you have to avoid because They're just so eager sometimes, like, they can't even focus on a stage. Do you know what I mean? And everything goes completely in disarray when that happens. And So you've got a lot of people who do want to come up. You've got a lot of people who are petrified, won't even look at me in the eyes uh, for fear that I might reveal something. I always think those people have something to hide, by the way, (laughs) when they're not looking at me. Very often when I walk into an audience, I'm going to say 30% of the people stare at the ground. Like, they literally stare at the ground for fear that they might land on the stage. The good news is, like, years ago, I would, like, I... Wouldn't take no for an answer. I would drag people up. I I literally have been known to carry people fireman style up on my shoulder, up on the stage. But I'm getting too old for that. I'm far too injured, as you you know, about my injuries. So ultimately, if if somebody doesn't want to come up on the stage, I don't force anybody. I I let people volunteer themselves. And and a lot of people do want to come up.
0: Just before we get into the Culture Club choices, are you always assessing people when you meet them?
1: No, I can switch it on or switch it off. That's the truth, right? Because if I try to hack brains and read people all day long, that'd get very tiring for me very quick. So, uh, no. like, uh, But when I switch it on, I'm kind of like, look, think of it like this. I don't believe in psychics. I don't believe anybody can actually read minds, right? But I do believe you can deduce a lot about people by everything from their micro-expressions down to their hands, down to the clothes that they wear, but down to minuscule details now. So, you know, I, I look at asymmetrical shoulder shrugs, eye-accessing cues, all of these things. And It's a learned technique. But when I switch that You're on
0: you terrifying me, as we said.
1: Good. I'm already <laughs> trying to figure out, oh, he yeah, something to hide. Yeah, something to hide. My <laughs> Cooper something to hide. Let's find out. One. Loads to hide. <laughs>
0: Actually, that just brings to mind as well, though. What do you make of the whole artificial intelligence development? Is that going to put you out of business?
1: No, I actually think it's going to help business, believe it or not, because I think people are going to crave human interaction the more they use this stuff, right? So they use it for business, they'll be using it for creating articles and all that kind of stuff. uh, And I think the more that happens actually I think it's going to help live theatre and help live performances because it's the only break people are going to get and of course there's a backlash now um, in some circles I think Joe Rogan probably started it. maybe it's not him but I know some of the comedians out in the States you know they make people put their phones in a Ziploc bag on the way into the theatre and stuff like that just to make sure that it's a kind of a tech free zone Um, I think that will become more popular by the way as time goes on I think people want more of that
0: I think that's happening quite a lot in Ireland as well I
1: heard it started happening here I don't know who's doing it but like for me I, I don't do that I just ask the audience listen and put your phones away and if you see somebody next to you taking out the phone tell them to put it away Last time I was
0: in the Olympia it was Bono's one night oh, show yeah. and everyone was given the bag to put their phones into. Well, that's because that Bono well. can
1: afford the bags and afford all that because it's, <laughs> it's actually a, it's quite a cost to do that right so yeah Bono has the money to do that but my okay. uh, I mean, shows, just put it in your pocket
0: <laughs> Alright okay I'll see if Bono features in your choices a little bit later but let's start the Culture Club with the first single that you can remember buying or will admit
1: to buying what is it? Well, this is the one I'd admit to buying. I was split between two. I, I, I'm going to admit one of them because I, I know people when they come onto shows like yours, they like to go for the cool options, right? So I did go for the cool option because it probably is the first one. So Guns N' Roses, sweet child of mine. Look, I've been a fan for years. I've never seen them live. So I'd love to see them live because they're still going uh, now that I think they might be reliable again. Remember, there was a year where Axel wasn't turning up and when he did turn up, he was... Two hours late. But it seems like that they've got got it together and they're seemingly doing very well. Um, and I met him one night in LA, randomly, by the way. I never uh, I never got a photograph with him or anything, but I, I did a quick trick on him, which was kind of funky uh, outside of a, a Hollywood... What place. did you do to him? Um, so I got him to sign a playing card and then his playing card, this is back in the days where I was predominantly doing magic, and uh, that playing card disappeared from the deck and ended up stuck... 20 feet above his head on the ceiling of the nightclub so that was the trick I did on, on Axel so it was a great moment And uh, So
0: when you did that to him did he know you were a magician?
1: No well I, at the start he didn't but the second you pull out a deck of cards people going to go oh here's a magician right and then the big question is is he really bad or is he really good so that's what comes into their head there's no in between you know oh,
0: Let's actually hear before we ask you what your other real choice might be let's hear a little bit of Sweet Child of Mine great stuff to start with but what's the other single
1: (laughs) dare I say it I mean I come from uh, so I was born in 76 so this is the 1980s we're talking about Tiffany I think I'm alone now
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah, that's great. I wish you'd told us that before and we'd have had the track lined up to
1: play. But no, I think, it. actually, <laughs> genuinely, I think it was probably uh, Guns N' Roses first and then Tiffany second. And look, Guns N' Roses never gets old. Um, but my claim to fame is Tiffany follows me on Twitter, lads. So I'm, I'm very happy about that.
0: <laughs> OK. Favourite album. You've nominated the a favourite album somebody who has actually done the Culture Club for mm. us previously. Jack L and his album Magic Days. Tell us about this.
1: Look, I think Jack L is fantastic. And, you know, for me, I think he's in some ways he's underrated I think he should have you know been more international shall we say than he is um, look I'm a big fan I've been a fan for many years And as a matter of fact randomly Uh, I didn't know Jack at this time Uh, six years ago it was my 40th birthday and my wife said to me look who would you like to play at your 40th and I was like look any kind of music but I'm a big fan of Jack L so I just texted him on the off chance that he would do it Uh, and he did and it was one of the most memorable moments of my life Um, and ever since well since before then and ever since then I've been a fan of his music and I actually just saw him live very recently down the Cork Opera House and I just think he's amazing and I, I just personally really enjoy his more modern stuff Stuff, um, because I think it's a little bit more acoustic pop Rather than just the, some of the slower stuff p- uh, Perhaps from years ago um, So yeah, Love is album Magic Days It's only a couple of years old And um, Well we yeah, have one track so from love it,
0: King of Soul Long
1: time coming Yeah, listen to me I got friends everywhere from the streets of Malacca locker down a Camden street They see me come and my crown on my head Got the rim of my hand still smoking still cut
0: red Okay, that's Jack L, King of Soho from the album Magic Days. I'm going to jump on to the best gig because it's also one of your favourite bands. You've picked Pink in the RDS. Why so?
1: Yeah, look, I know she's technically a, a solo artist, but she always plays with a big band. And I've been to many of her gigs now. And I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of people who don't just sing and don't just perform, but put in the extra effort, shall we say. Uh, so she learned all of that acrobatics, crazy stuff from Cirque du Soleil. And she puts it into every show, certainly that I've seen. And it's just fascinating to watch somebody actually genuinely singing live while they're doing multiple somersaults on some kind of rig in the air, flying over your head and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and a little clip actually went viral <laughs> of me a couple of years ago, uh, where uh, I was in the RDS at one of our shows, and she started off the show in the middle of the audience. It was completely unexpected. So she was right in the middle of the audience. She was singing live. She was running through, and she high-fived somebody going through the audience. And then uh, randomly, Dermot and Dave got a hold of the clip, and they Zoomed. In and it was me hanging over the balcony giving her a high five on the way up um, but look an amazing performer amazing singer as well um, and I'm going to her in the Hyde Park uh, later this year as well so yeah Okay
0: well we don't have from the RDS but we do have a clip of her playing live at Wembley in 2019 So What? Not from the RDS, as Keith Barry did see her, but from Wembley there. No, you have her as one of your favourite acts or bands, but you also have two others. U2 and ACDC. Talk to me about U2 first.
1: Yeah, look, I, I've my career, if you like, started uh, when I came to Dublin in the Kitchen Nightclub, which they... Uh, previously owned and it was underneath the Clarence Hotel and I was 21 at the time and I blagged my way in, started doing magic for the doorman and to cut long story short I ended up being kind of the celebrity magician if you like in there for two and a half years every Friday night in the VIP area um, and like Bono and the lads because they owned it they had to you know uh, say that I could go in there every week so I got to know them whenever when they were in there and that was amazing for a 21 year old like I was a nobody and I was just wandering around and then ultimately they were introduced me to the likes of like Brian Adams who come into town and Naomi Campbell Um, and then look I I was always a fan of their music anyway but of course when somebody turns out to be just really nice behind the scenes and just really dead on in sound um, it makes an impact Um, so I have a lot to thank them for actually when it comes to my career because I've performed for them on and off at private events and I've been to their concerts and stuff uh, backstage but I just love the fact that yeah look it's you know they're a huge band and, and you know one of the top in the world. But at the end of the day, behind the scenes, when you strip it all back, they're just like one of us and and really uh, very sound, as I said. So um, love their music, love their attitude. Um, so they'd be up there. And then again, we have ACDC dc there. And uh, look, with my own kids, I like to try and introduce them to like a diverse range of music. So uh, rock, pop, uh, classical, I don't mind what it is because that's kind of the way I am. And look, they've got their own taste in music. But my son latched on to ACDC, so that's his favourite band now as well. So down the line, I'd love to go to for his first concert. I'd love to bring him to ACDC. What age is he? Uh, He is now 11. So he's getting there. He's, he's at the age where I could probably bring him now, you know. Um, Good so. choice. Let's hear a little bit of You Shook Me All Night Long.
0: CTC, you I love should it. be online,
1: Andrea, here's, a, here's a secret tip, right? Well, not a tip, just a tidbit, if you like. Every morning I have a freezing cold shower, like as cold as humanly possible, right? Every single morning. And the one thing that gets me through it is thunderstruck. So I put on thunderstruck every single morning. That starts my day off. ACDC, four minutes of thunderstruck and a freezing cold shower. So that can be You manage the four minutes, do you? Well, I'm actually at the moment in a challenge with one of my friends. Uh, We did it last year as well. So over the course of a month, we had on 10 seconds every morning. So by the end of this month, I'll be up to six minutes. And that's Baltic freezing cold. Now, as cold as you can...
0: I tried it previously in the back of what you told me about it, the benefits but yeah. I just can't do it.
1: Yeah it's hard. I it's, can't it's, hack it. Yeah it's not easy but I tell you what gets me through is Thunderstruck the only problem is it's only I've measured it it's four minutes long pretty much exactly on four minutes so the final two minutes are going to be the brutal part like I'm at four minutes 40 seconds this morning so that, that extra 40 <laughs> seconds even was brutal without Thunderstruck on because I only listen to Thunderstruck and nothing else. It's
0: supposed to be brilliant for longevity it's supposed Everything. to be really good for you I must start trying it again yeah. Maybe I'll start You playing music to it. Listen, we have to take a break. We have lots of other choices and I think you also want to play a bit of Mind Games with me as well. Yes. We'll do that when we come back. Welcome back. We have Keith Barry with us. His new show is Mind Games. And, okay... We will we do one more choice in Culture Club before you decide to hack my brain a little bit?
1: Let's do okay. it. But before you even get into it, I want you to start thinking of a word. Okay. But if I guessed it, you'd be convinced that I was psychic. You're not You're not going to tell me the word. Okay. You're going to confirm in a few moments you're not going to tell me the word. I won't. And, uh, tell and you've got a word in mind, yes? I do. Okay, but keep playing that word in your head and in a okay. few moments I'll try and guess that word. How about that?
0: All right, okay. Right. Give us a favourite movie. I have to say you are probably about the 20th person mm. in this particular slot to have nominated this movie as your favourite.
1: I know it's one of those ones that's up there in people's favourites. Um, now, I, I'll say real quick, my other favourite is Sixth Sense. I don't know if that's as popular. Yeah, no, as that's a,
0: no, that hasn't been actually chosen. Well, it remember, but it's a hell of a good movie. Yeah,
1: so Sixth Sense I love as well. Um, Do
0: you realise we are actually making the listeners guess now what your choice is because we haven't mentioned the name
1: of it? Well, yeah, well, they, you, they can tweet you or send you information on. On what you think it might be, but look, uh, it's the Shawshank Redemption, and I just think it's it's an important movie. It's an amazing movie, um, and you know I was very fortunate actually that I met Morgan Freeman. But um, five years ago, maybe six years ago, I was on the set of Now You See Me too, and Woody Harrelson introduced me to Morgan Freeman and said, "Hey, Morgan." Keith Barry can hack your brain and genuinely Morgan Freeman challenged me in that moment and I got really nervous because I know him from the days of the Shawshank Redemption and all of the movies he's done since and I don't get nervous easily but when Morgan Freeman challenges you to get inside his head that's a thing right so ultimately anyway I hacked into his brain it took a while now it took longer than normal Uh, but I told him about a childhood friend of his called Boo Boo that he hadn't even thought about in 50 years and he completely freaked out so that was uh, one of the more amazing moments in my career.
0: You won't tell me how you manage that, will you? Definitely not. (laughs) Okay, let's hear a little bit of Andy doing taxes for the guards at Shawshank State Prison. Making a few friends, huh, Andy? I wouldn't say friends. I'm a convicted murderer who provides sound financial planning. It's a wonderful pet to have. The following April, Andy did tax returns for half the guards at Shawshank. Year after that, he did them all, including the wardens. Year after that, they rescheduled the start of the intramural season to coincide with tax season. The guards on the opposing teams all remembered to bring their W-2s. So, Moresby Prison issued you your gun, but you actually had to pay for it. Damn right. The holster, too. See, that's tax deductible. You can write that off. Yes, sir. Andy was a regular cottage industry. In fact, he got so busy at tax time, he was allowed a staff. Hey, Rick, can you hand me a stack of 1040s? Got me out of the woodshop a month out of the year, and that was fine by me. Shawshank Redemption. Okay.
1: What are you going to do? You ask me. Never gets old. No, no, never gets old. But so yes, uh, we're going to have a game of word disassociation. Right. People out there might be familiar with word association. Right. So, for example, uh, it's used in team building very often, where somebody might say apple, and the next person would say perhaps orange because it's related to apple, Mm. and then the next person might say uh, color, and then so on, so on. So that's word association, right? So you'd say a word that's relevant to the word. Yeah. We're going to play a game of word disassociation. Now, what I mean by that is, yeah, you've got a word in mind. Okay. That's, like, I don't know. Your uh, producer is here. You don't know it either, do you? No, um, and you've got a word in mind. You're going to tell me that word. You just won't know how you're telling me. Okay. So keep that word in mind. And now in a moment, I'm going to ask you to give me three words that have nothing to do with your word whatsoever. So these are kind of three, think of them like three red herrings in your head. So that's why it's disassociation. So think of a word now that has literally nothing whatsoever to do with the word that you're thinking of which we'll call it, um, a target word so the word you're thinking of is the target word now push that to the back of your head forget about it for a moment and give me a word there's nothing can to i write it down so i remember it which
0: the, the, the disassociation word oh no, no you're no. You can just keep
1: it in your head all right okay okay so you've got a word in mind yes i have yes, yes. so forget that for a moment okay, now put just, that away. i'll write down uh, the dissociated word i'm gonna right. all everybody will remember it'll be easy to remember so give me a word there's nothing to do with the target word fish Fish. Okay. Now, generally speaking, men would go for a, a word that's shorter than the word that you're thinking of in order to throw me off the, uh, the line. So I'm going to say that the word that you're thinking of is definitely longer than fish. But I noticed the way you're laughing. So now you've given that away. And what I mean by that is it's not even five or six letters. I'm going to go with that it's much longer than fish. So try not to give me any physical clues with this next one. Okay. So we've got fish and now give me another word that has nothing to do with the target word and nothing to do with fish either. So just a completely random word. Go ahead.
0: Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So, of
1: course, you went the opposite way then. <laughs> <laughs> you went the opposite way, but interestingly, when people go the opposite way, they almost go too far. So now I know for sure that this is actually a really long word that you're thinking of. So, supercal. I won't write it fully <laughs> down, but supercal, supercal. Ah, that actually gives me a clue. So, fish mixed with supercal. I'm thinking you give me clues. It's like little breadcrumbs that you're giving me right now. I give you one more word. There's nothing to do with fish. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and nothing to do with your target words just give me one final word like a random word glasses glasses so I want people out there based on those three words that Matt has said to us to have a guess so everybody out there have a guess and feel free to uh, tweet me or tweet Matt and let us know your guess. see does anybody guess the actual words you're thinking of so we've got fish mixed with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and glasses okay I'm going to have a I'm going to have my guess now, right? Or That's do you want will we
0: do another one of your choices and let people make their sure. own? Okay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. While you're thinking about that, maybe I'm distracting you by asking you, you something be. else. Uh, tell me about a favorite play or musical or theatre show.
1: Favourite play, uh, look, I've got a few of them, but I think for me, the one that sticks out as a, a memory that I'll cherish forever would have been Mystere in Las Vegas. What's that? It so it's a Cirque du Soleil show, but that was the original one. That okay. was I think it might have been the actual, the first Cirque du Soleil show. And... I don't know how many years ago now, probably when I was 21, I'm going to say 25 odd years ago, I went to Vegas for the first time ever with uh, my girlfriend there, who's my wife now, who you know, Maraid. And when we were there with we very little money and I was like, come on, let's go to a show. And I went to Mystere and I went back since it is still for me, the best show in Vegas. I don't know if it's still there now. So when I say I went back since it was probably 10 years ago or longer when I went back um, but I've been to see nearly all the shows in Vegas at this stage. You know, I, I was out there for six months when I, I headlined Planet Hollywood myself. And, you know, O is the one that everybody talks about. So O is kind of the Cirque du Soleil show that everybody talks about. Uh, for me, Mystere beats them all hands down, just from uh, the spectacle perspective. So like crazy acrobatics and uh, but the visual perspectives I think is what makes the Cirque du Soleil shows different than everything else just the colour uh, the theatre so definitely Mystere is the one that stuck out for me
0: Okay and what about a favourite book or author?
1: Well listen I'm a bookworm right so, Are you? Yeah, yeah so I'll give you a funny thing And people will have heard the book depository is closing down right now. Um, So it's basically a place where you you get books for a good price and free delivery worldwide. So I had an account with them. And every time I order from them, I order 30 books at a time. Drives uh, my wife nuts because I get all these books in. But in saying that. How many of them do you read? uh, uh, So I use them for reference rather than reading. But I do read uh, a lot of them cover to cover as well. Um, And before people critique me for buying online, I, I buy books in all the stores that are here in Grafton Street, uh, Dubray Books, Eason's. When I'm down in Cork, I go into oh, what's the one in Cork? Oh, I forgot it. But there's a Waterstones in Patrick's. No, Bridge, no, no. There's an amazing bookstore in Cork. Scribe's. Yeah, scribe's. Vibes oh, scribes, and scribes, yeah. yeah, vibes yeah. And scribe's. down in just Cork. by a by so I, buy, Bridge, I, yeah. I buy books in all of them and I buy, buy them online. Why? Because I've got a library out in my cabin in the back garden. I've got a library in an office in my house. I've got a library upstairs. Like, I've got, like, literally thousands and thousands of books, right? Um, So I am a bookworm. So, like, for me, if I was to pick one, it would be The Choice by Edith Eager. I think that's a really um, important book. Tell us about it. So, Edith Eager, amazingly, she's on Instagram. Uh, She must be in her late 80s or or 90s. So she survived Auschwitz and... um, she tells a story in The Choice about, you know, she could see people crumbling, she could see people uh, like dying all around, her. death was just, she was surrounded by death. And in her head, her mindset always was escape the concentration camp of your own mind and you'll be fine. And really at the at the core of the choice is that we all have a choice to think negatively or think positively. We all have a choice to live a life of productivity versus a, a life of uh, you know, being non-productive. And you know, me saying that or you saying that in you know the lifestyle that we all live you know, in a wonderful country such as Ireland or Europe is one thing, but I think it really resonates when you hear somebody who's been through something like that and she is sharing that story that you know, even in the, you know, the depths of despair and even, you know, with death just coming at her every day that she decided just in her head that she was going to have a choice how to react to that. Um, I just think it's a fascinating story how somebody can have uh, that mindset in, in that scenario. And, and then, yes, yeah, she's up on, on Instagram. So obviously it's not her running the page, but she's there and they film her every day and she gives tidbits to people and uh, just an amazing, fascinating human beings. So The Choice, amazing book.
0: Okay. Uh, I love your TV choice from your... Well, hang
1: on, no, no, I'm going to interrupt you now because Why? you you stopped me from trying to figure out what this word is. I know what he's trying to do. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to that word now. Okay, so we've got fish, doses, and glasses. Now, you would say that, no, that those three words would not tell me what your word is, correct? They wouldn't give you any clues? I wouldn't have thought so. Okay, good. So there's thousands of words in the English language and I'm going to go for one now based okay. upon me reading your body language and this... Uh, just important for people listening. You didn't tell me what the word is. Absolutely, I okay. swear. Nobody absolutely. knows what it is. Okay, Scout's go. honour, all that. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for this. Uh, I'm going to show your producer, just so you know that I can't change it. And yep. then I will flip okay. around to you, okay? But just so you know that I'm fully committed. I've written it at the bottom there. Okay, you can see it there, yeah? Yeah. Okay, Matt, name out loud. What's your word?
0: Maximalist.
1: How did I do? Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Bang <to> on. <laughs> Maximalist. You told me, you just don't know how you told me, Matt. <laughs>
0: okay right I'm baffled by that genuinely you got me there now
1: <laughs> that's what I do Matt
0: you, see. you do yeah you know that is the title of one of the books I've
1: written I know that no you don't <laughs> <laughs> it's not it didn't come in your I could name, pub- name your publisher <laughs> <laughs> alright
0: okay fair play to you you got it right <laughs> that's impressive okay um television show as a child
1: Uh, look I love the A-team but you know I had to juggle between the A-team and MacGyver and uh, like my dad look my dad's kind of my hero and he's an amazing character but even now he's 74 he's still like if I have a problem with the house because I cannot do DIY I'm no good at it and then I'll just go, Dad. Can you fix that for me, <laughs> right? And and then he goes, I'll do a MacGyver on it. So it's still very topical in our world, MacGyver. We're, we still talk about MacGyver. And look, just uh, uh, to inspire a kid's imagination, the old school MacGyver. I didn't like the new the new series. Like I yeah. tried to watch it, I couldn't even begin to watch it. But the old school MacGyver, it, for just creativity and imagination, I thought it was amazing. And uh, I might try and find some reruns and watch them with my eleven well, year. We have a clip as
0: it happens from the I. I. I presume this is from the original MacGyver. This is where MacGyver and the captain figure out how to extract explosive powder from a bomb. All right, Captain, what we're going to do here is make a little fair exchange. What do you say we replace the vacuum with a little neon gas? i got to admit, I was a little surprised to see you in charge of this whole ship. No more than I, MacGyver. Everything happened kind of fast around here. Just give me directions. First step. Take the sharpening stone we got out of the bar and score a little piece of the neon
1: right at the very end. Here we go. Now, before you break the
0: tube, make sure you got the core candy to plug it so the gas doesn't escape. One step at a time, right? Right. I'm almost through. All right, now break the tube and plug it fast, like I just did. Okay. Okay. Done. I don't believe it. Now we're gonna work the tube through the sealer. And when I pull the cork, hopefully I'll get a momentary suction in. it. ought to give us enough time to get the phosphorus out of there. You with me, Captain? Under the circumstances, MacGyver, why don't you call me Carol?
1: Okay, Carol. Hilarious. But but you know what? Uh, what's great about that? I I have to actually Google this later. I I've never Googled it, but it just it reminded me of something that I saw many years ago. Apparently. Uh, the actor who played MacGyver, he wouldn't do anything that couldn't potentially at least be done in real life. I don't know how true that is so I'm going to (laughs) Google that later today and find out did he actually say that.
0: To finish we have what we call The Buried Treasure Mm. and you've come up with something really different which I'm really interested in. It's a book, sort of a wildlife guide, Wild Derry Nan by Vinnie Highland. Before you tell us about it we actually have a clip of Vincent Highland discussing the biodiversity of Ireland's sea life. We wanted to put Ireland in that context, going to Antarctica, for instance, seeing humpback whales, penguins. We don't get penguins here, maybe just in the zoo, and then up to the Galapagos to see sharks. But there are differences, but there are also similarities, uh, particularly if you take dolphins. And, you know, when when you jump into the water, for instance, in uh, Antarctica, it's cold, but there's an awful lot of wildlife there to be seen. The same with the Galapagos, when you jump into the waters off Ireland and off the West Coast in particular, there are things to be seen, but it takes a little bit longer for everything to present. But it's all there and it's in equal abundance uh, over time. And it's equally as colourful and it's equally as mesmerising as what you see and what we grew up with, which was Jacques Cousteau. And we thought like, this was great. Uh, we have to go foreign, we have to go all the way away. But actually you don't, you just go off and go under the water in Ireland and it's, it's amazing, isn't it? So tell us, Keith Barry, about Wild Dairy Nan.
1: Yeah, so I could listen to Vinnie Highland like forever to be honest um, so a lot of people don't know besides look what I do right, a brain hacker and all the rest of it I'm actually an outdoors person so fishing swimming in the sea for many years has been my lifestyle and this book is a really important book I think it's coming out uh, this year it's on pre-order right now um, and I've seen the book, so uh, Vinny sent me a, a copy of it, and it is about all of the different uh, sea life, wildlife all around the coast of Ireland, the biodiversity that we have here on our own shores. Um, and look, I think, truth be told, you know, for example, there's 32 raw sewage pipes pumping sewage into the Irish Sea and not to be be all conservationist about it Uh, I'm not doing enough personally about it and I need to do more to try and get these things uh, shut down and helped and Vinny's a lot of things right so he's a filmographer he's a marine biologist and so on but first and foremost he is a conservationist and this book will just show people the amazing wildlife and sea life that we have all around the coast of Ireland and I think just highlighting that and showing our kids what's there is fascinating I only know Vinny personally a couple of years, but one of, well, two of the most memorable experiences of my life have been with this guy. One is, I uh, bring my daughter, um, Brianna, she was scared of the water and uh, just, you know, of snorkeling. She was fine with swimming, but snorkeling, she would never snorkel. And Vinny brought us out in jellyfish season um, down in Derry Nan, and we swam with like lion's manes and compass jellyfish, and it was bonkers like it was like something from being in the moon like it was another world and I I even got more of an appreciation myself for for the sea after that and another time I went down with my friend uh, Al and we went down and Vinnie brought us out uh, one night into on Derry Strand out into the bioluminescence but we swam in it in the dark so a lot of people do it on a canoe but we went out in the dark and swam in the bioluminescence down there so uh, that book though is an amazing book the photographs in that book are literally something you'll never see anywhere else but
0: people can't get it as yet It'll well, be I think you. they
1: can get it on pre-order so you'll know, just check out Finney Highland on, on his socials by the way I am friendly with him but I have no affiliation he doesn't know I'm even talking about this I'm just telling you it's an amazing book Thank
0: you very much, Keith Barry, for joining us for the Culture Club. Mind Games is the show. Going to the Three Olympia Theatre on the 13th of May. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM